A quick word before we start today's program. I originally recorded this episode right before Meta announced a whole new round of layoffs, so I don't mean to come across as sounding unfeeling or callous in any way. I wish Meta employees all the best, and anyone affected by these layoffs, I wish you all the best and hope that you find gainful employment soon. And without further ado, on with the show. Welcome to Fresh Fusion, a weekly show where we discuss the business, the art, the ethics of content creation on the open web. My name is Jared White, and this is episode 92, Activity Pub, Everywhere, All at Once. (laughs) Yes, my friends, last night, Sunday, March 12th, 2023, was the Academy Awards ceremony where a whole bunch of folks got to take home their Oscars. And the movie that swept the Oscars, won in a whole bunch of categories, was my number one favorite genre movie or TV show of 2022, as I said back in episode 85. And that was Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. I'm so glad that this movie won big. (laughs) Uh, Just everyone who produced the movie, everyone who starred in the movie, everything about it was fantastic. And uh, yeah, it was it was just fun to see all the love for everything everywhere all at once at the Oscars. But we're not here to talk about that today. We're here to talk about Activity Pub everywhere all at once. (laughs) See what I did there? (laughs) Yes, let's talk about the multiverse. I mean, the Fediverse. (laughs) Let's talk about the Fediverse. So... A lot's been happening lately. Just a whole lot. Like, I, I was I was thinking of what I would talk about on the podcast, and I just kept thinking of more things. Like, I kept remembering, oh, yeah, this. Oh, yeah, that. Um, so, since last I podcasted about the Fediverse, I believe some of the notable things that have happened is Medium, the longtime blogging platform that kind of grew out of Twitter. Uh, I think it was Ev Williams who either founded or co-founded Medium. And, um, you know, it was kind of, it it sort of seemed like Medium was to long-form blogging what Twitter was to microblogging, if you will. Um, But then Medium really struggled for a long time to kind of find its identity and figure out what it was really good at. And there's been a number of missteps along the way, which I've been pretty vocal about uh, sort of getting annoyed by. And for a while, I I had no interest in visiting Medium or recommending anyone use it, really. <laughs> kind of seemed like it had fallen prey to what happens to so many social platforms on the internet, uh, as, as it has seemed to be. But um, Medium has a new sheriff in town. I believe his name is Tony Stubblebine, uh, new CEO or new-ish anyway. Um, very active on Mastodon these days. Very active, very bullish on Activity Pub and the Fediverse, which is amazing. And so Medium has launched its own Mastodon instance. So anyone who's on Medium as an author can, uh, and I think it's who's subscribed to Medium. So maybe maybe you don't have to be an author; you just have to be a subscriber. But 
anyone who's a subscriber to Medium, I believe, is uh, who's eligible to join Medium's Mastodon instance. Uh, so it's kind of kind of a nice synergy there. And uh, yeah, so you know, I'm I'm following a number of folks that are at uh, at the Medium instance. Um, uh, what is it? It's like me dot dm or something like that uh but um yeah it's pretty cool um but that's not all (laughs) that's not all not only does medium have its own mastodon instance now but flipboard has its own mastodon instance and mike McHugh over at flipboard is also very active on mastodon and very bullish on activity pub so we have flipboard joining the ranks there now you can't you can't directly interact with folks in the Fediverse through Flipboard yet. Flipboard is essentially just acting as a as a client, if you will, like a client app that talks to Mastodon. Um, but they say they're working on it. Um, you know, hopefully the idea soon is that, um, you know, a, a Flipboard magazine, as it's called, that you can create and, and flip various links to things and comment on them. Uh, hopefully you could follow... Uh, Flipboard magazines directly through the Fediverse. So, you know, directly through your account on Mastodon or whatever, you could follow uh, Flipboard magazines, and that would be really cool. Uh, and maybe, maybe uh, talking about Medium, you know, maybe, maybe uh, there too in the future, a Medium would officially join the Fediverse such that you could follow a Medium blog directly through your account on Mastodon or wherever. And that could be pretty interesting. But that's not all. Uh, Mozilla has been talking a lot about, uh, you know, getting into the Fediverse in some big way. Uh, I think they may be launching an official Mozilla uh, instance at some point, um, following in the footsteps of Vivaldi, the Vivaldi browser, which has their own Vivaldi instance. So, um, you know, it's interesting. Mozilla... I feel like they've been struggling for a while because the Firefox browser has really lost a ton of market share and is, you know, lagging way behind Chrome and Safari at this point. Um, And I think they've kind of struggled trying to figure out where they can really have major impact and sort of be a big player on the web in some fashion. Um, And I'm not saying ActivityPub is going to solve all their problems here. (laughs) But uh, but I do think that um, Mozilla kind of directly getting involved as an organization uh, with the Fediverse is super, super interesting. Um, and they could really um, kind of help help steer things in interesting directions here. Um, also, I'm not sure the exact relationship here, but some, some people who either are at Mozilla or were at Mozilla um, have kind of teamed up uh, almost in an investor relationship with the folks working on the Mammoth client. So Mammoth is an iOS client for uh, Mastodon, of course. Um, and and they, they're getting some real investment and some muscle to continue to develop this client, which is cool. Uh, and they have their own instance as well called Moth.Social. And the interesting thing is they created an onboarding flow. So if you just download Mammoth from the App Store, you can immediately just create an account on moth.social and start using Mastodon that way, which I think is pretty smart because the number one thing people complain about when it comes to Mastodon and the Fediverse is like, 
oh my gosh, I have to pick an instance and I have to figure out what to join and I don't know which servers are good or not and this is so confusing and I don't understand why I need to do any of this. This is dumb, I'm out of here. Um, which I don't agree with. But I do think that having an app like Mammoth just say like, don't have an account, create an account. Boom, done. <laughs> like that makes a ton of sense. Now it doesn't mean that there's some more centralization here. Like, you know, if Mammoth becomes the number one client by a wide mile on iOS and everyone's joining moth.social, it could mean that, you know, moth.social eventually has millions of accounts on it and it's like a huge social network essentially in its own right. Like that's possible. But, um, you know, listen, the more the merrier here. I'm never going to say you shouldn't join XYZ instance, um, you know, unless like some particular instance is hugely problematic in some way, like racism or bigotry or homophobia or something like that, right? Like, like if there's something like truly terrible about some particular instance, you know, I would say don't do that. But it, I'm never going to say don't join some instance because it's big, right? <laughs> if an instance has 10,000 people on it or a million people on it, like, it's all good in my book. Like, I, I think folks worry way too much about the Fediverse becoming centralized at this point. You know, like, oh my God, like Mastodon is the main software people are using in the Fediverse. We're, we're all centralizing around Mastodon. This is terrible. No, it's not. The, the total number of people using anything in the Fediverse is a tiny drop in a tiny little pond compared to, you know, even Twitter let alone Facebook or TikTok. So we have a long way to go before centralization is a real problem as far as Mastodon's concerned. And as far as any one instance is concerned, again, tiny drops in the pond here. Uh, so, you know, wake me up when moth.social has, you know, 50 million accounts on it. And then I might be like, oh, wow, like moth.social. Oh, my goodness, what happened? But until then, it's totally fine. And I think Ivory should do that. Like I use Ivory. That's my main Mastodon client that I like to use. I think they should do something like that. Like maybe they should onboard everyone to tap bots.social by default or or something. Yeah, doesn't matter. Uh, I think probably all, probably all big Mastodon apps should just automatically onboard people into their their own self uh not not self-hosted what's the word i'm thinking of uh, branded there we go <laughs> i think all, all major apps should get people onto their own branded instances by default as a way to onboard and then if folks you know think like oh maybe i should check out some other instances or maybe i should create some secondary accounts on some other instances around particular themes or locations or whatever like that's great so anyway, lots of interesting stuff going on there. Uh, I, I've noticed that more and more notables are creating instances, essentially. Like, for example, uh, Mike Hurley of the Relay FM podcast network. Uh, he actually famously had resisted joining Mastodon for a while. Like, he left Twitter, and we all knew that he left Twitter. But he, he didn't say he was leaving Twitter to join Mastodon or to join Post or <laughs> any other thing. Like, he was just leaving. Like, he was getting off that form of social media entirely because uh, he just, he needed a break and kind of needed to <laughs> attend to his mental health. And it's fine. Like, I, I would never begrudge anyone for taking a step like that, you know. 
absolutely do what you need to do. And if you need to take a break from the whole thing, it's perfectly fine. But I hoped that he would eventually dip his toes in the water, and he did. So he he decided to, um, as he, you know, more and more of the folks he was directly working with were really becoming active on Mastodon, and he was kind of feeling left out of conversations and whatnot, and that was affecting him. He decided to create his own instance. So he created Mike.social and signed up himself (laughs) as iMike at Mike.social. So now Mike Hurley has joined the Fediverse. And I just think that's an interesting little microcosm of something I think is happening all over the place, which is that notable people who have notable, uh, you know, influential status as influencers, quote unquote, um, are, you know, either creating their own instances right out of the gate or at least, you know, finding the right instance and then, you know, creating all of the different accounts, like creating their personal account and creating accounts for their podcasts or their shows or the whatever and like setting up all this stuff and and really having at it. Um, I'm seeing more tech brands, you know, news outlets, like all, all of the sort of things that you kind of expect to start seeing with any social network as it's growing. Like, I, I just feel like I'm seeing a lot of that stuff more and more all over the place. Uh, lots lots of energy here. Um, and also applications, API integrations, a uh, whole bunch of new stuff like that. Like, like just recently, I think Buffer announced their Mastodon integration. Uh, Buffer is a, a tool that a lot of businesses use to essentially write a micro post once and then syndicated everywhere, right? So so if you're a brand, you're not going to log into Twitter and post something and log into Facebook and post something and log into Instagram and post something and log into this and log into that and you know, LinkedIn and this and that, right? You're going to log into Buffer. You're going to write a thing. You're going to schedule it and you're done, right? It handles posting to Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and whatever the hell. And now it can post to Mastodon. So now Mastodon, like like brands, social media managers, they don't even have to think about Mastodon. It's a no-brainer. They, they, don't, even, they don't even have to worry about any of that, right? If they don't like Mastodon because they think it's clunky, it doesn't matter. They don't have to worry about it. All they have to do is create their account, integrate it to uh, you know, in with Buffer, and they're done. And it's just part of their social media strategy. And, and that's really important, right? Because... For, for Mastodon and for the Fediverse at large to really become successful in the long term, it, it needs to be just accepted wisdom out there that there are audiences here that need to be reached. So let's reach them. It, it's as simple as that. Like, like, we don't need to go on and on about like, oh, let's talk about decentralization and let's talk about moderation and let's talk about uh, how ActivityPub works and, oh, you know, the, the making sure that the web is in the, uh, just a collection of several silos run by large corporations. Like, all those conversations are really important, but to random business that happens to be on the internet they shouldn't have to care about any of that, right? <laughs> they should just be able to click some buttons and it works. And this is sort of a, an argument, you know, you can make in general about a lot of things in, in open source and software that uses open protocols, right? Like, you know, Linux on the desktop, the sort of, <laughs> the sort of mythical era so many people hope for, which is that everyone can use Linux 
instead of Windows. Um, and for a long time, the sort of disconnect there was Linux enthusiasts are really excited about using Linux, right? Because it's like open source and there's the kernel and then there's Linux distributions, which aren't themselves technically Linux. And you have the whole like GNU Linux instead of Linux. And, <laughs> you know, like, like there's all this sort of inside baseball stuff and like which distribution is the best. And, oh, you, you know, you got to decide if you want GNOME or KDE or, oh, you can use this distribution because it has both and they're integrated. And like there's there's all this sort of meta-contextual stuff going on. And a lot of people, they're, they're just not going to care about all that stuff. And they shouldn't have to care, right? They shouldn't have to care about all of that nuance and, and have to make all of those decisions now. Like, maybe later they will, right? Like, if someone uses the easiest Linux on the desktop thing imaginable, that's, like, so easy, it's a no-brainer to get started on, and then get more excited about using it and then start wondering, huh, like I should learn more about this whole Linux thing. And why are there like multiple Linuxes? I, I don't quite understand why there's so many. Like maybe I should, you know, look that up someday. And or they hear from a friend of like, oh, you're using this distribution? Have you tried this one? Like, no, I've never heard of that. What does it do? And so, you know, people eventually pick up stuff, right? But they shouldn't have to learn this like mountain of detail. Just reams of inside baseball information to before they can like start before they can just start um so so that's why you know integrations like buffer i think are are vastly underrated because it's a way to start right like just tell a brand hey you know join join this big instance you know maybe not mastodon.social but it can be some just big general instance like just join that you don't even have to use it just join it connect it to buffer and you're done you're done that's it <laughs> and they're like cool that that's highly underrated as something that's going to dramatically increase activity in the fediverse uh and so so we need to we need to keep that in mind now this brings me to the biggest and weirdest news around the Fediverse. This is just so weird that I have not fully wrapped my head around what this could even mean. It's just, it's bonkers. So rather than me sort of describe to you how bonkers this is and why it's so bonkers, I'm just going to read you the headline and a little bit of the article. And then afterwards, we can all just, you know, let our brains melt together. <laughs> so here's the headline. Meta, <laughs> I can't even get through it. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh, it's so weird. Okay, I, I'm going to try to read the headline without my brain melting. Okay, okay, here we go. Meta is building a decentralized text-based social network. <gasps> what? <laughs> what? All right, so this is from Casey Newton at Platformer, and he's actually following up on some initial reporting from a site called Money Control that kind of broke the news, and then Casey was able to get some uh, exclusive context from some source at Meta, which is actually kind of mind-boggling that like a source was able to be publicly quoted in this article. But anyway, so Casey says here, I'm just going to read a little bit here. 
Twitter's decline is paving the way for other platforms to build next-generation replacements. And now the biggest player in the game is getting involved. Meta is in the early stages of building a dedicated app for people to post text-based updates. Quote, We're exploring a standalone, decentralized social network for sharing text updates, the company told Platformer exclusively in an email. We believe there's an opportunity for a separate space where creators and public figures can share timely updates about their interests. Unquote. News that Meta had been exploring a text-based network was first reported Thursday by Money Control. The app is codenamed P92 and will allow users to log in through their existing Instagram credentials, the outlet reported. Details about the project are scant. The product is still in its earliest stages, sources said, and there is no time frame for it to be released. But legal and regulatory teams have already started to investigate potential privacy concerns around the app, so they can be addressed before launch, we're told. Adam Moseri, who runs Instagram, is taking the lead on the project, sources said. The most remarkable aspect of the project is that Meta plans for the network to be decentralized. While the company would not elaborate beyond its statement, in a decentralized network, individual users are typically able to set up their own independent servers and set server-specific rules for how content is moderated. Building a decentralized network could also give Meta the opportunity for its new app to interoperate with other social products, a previously unheard of gesture from a company known for building some of the most lucrative walled gardens in the industry's history. The move comes at a time when Silicon Valley as a whole is rethinking the value of forcing users into centralized services. And then later on, uh, he references what Money Control reported, which is that the P92 app will support ActivityPub. And of course, we all know that ActivityPub is the protocol that powers Mastodon and the Fediverse. Okay, folks, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> Meta, the folks behind Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp are, let's, let's be clear here, it's, they're not announcing a new product, and they probably wouldn't announce it anytime soon, but they're at least seriously investigating, building some kind of product that ostensibly would belong to the Fediverse, right? It'd be a decentralized social network, aka networks, and that means it would at least be able to interrupt with itself, uh, you know, if there were like multiple instances of itself. Um, but presumably, if it's being reported that uh, it supports ActivityPub, then the idea here is it's not just decentralized within its own protocol, whatever that is, but that it speaks an open protocol like ActivityPub. Why would Meta do this? Is the real question here. The question isn't, if they're doing it, because I'm assuming if, <laughs> if, if these reports are true and they're, they're pretty clear that they're reporting something that's true because they're saying, here's what we've gotten in the statement from the company, right? <laughs> so if this news is true and we're led to believe it's definitely true that they're, they're looking into this, the question isn't, you know, if Meta is going to join the Fediverse. The question is, why would they? Why would Meta want to join the Fediverse? Why would Meta care at all about ActivityPub? 
why why on earth would they like give this more than a second's look <laughs> i'll tell you why because they see activity pub as a threat and they see twitter as being extremely vulnerable okay so there's two things here the threat and the vulnerability of one of their top competitors cuz you know facebook's facebook likes to pretend that you know they're, they're the top dog in the room and they can kind of set the tone for everything uh, until it doesn't suit them right until they need to <laughs> go in front of uh, uh some kind of uh committee <laughs> con- congressional committee when all of a su- sudden they're like oh you know we we don't have any kind of monopoly or large standing in the world of social networks. We're just one network among many. There's so many networks out there. Our competitors are at our throats all hours of the day. We can barely survive because we have so many competitors, <laughs> right? So <laughs> so Facebook in public desperately wants Twitter to be wildly successful so that, you know, they can can point to this competitor and say, look, we're we're not... We're not just, you know, uniquely a a monopoly here in social networking. But internally, of course, they want to be the monopoly. Of course, Facebook wants to control and dominate everything, right? So when they see huge weakness in one of their competitors in in the form of Twitter with everything Elon Musk has done, (laughs) Elon Musk (laughs) taking over Twitter has got to be like the absolute best thing that has ever happened to Mark Zuckerberg. Because he's not even the villain anymore, right? Like, like think about it. Who was the number one villain in social networking up until very recently? Mark Zuckerberg. Like, he was the villain. He was the villain. He's not the villain anymore. <laughs> Elon Musk is the villain. Mark Zuckerberg seems almost like Mr. Nice Guy. <laughs> compared to Elon Musk. Like he seems like he's the sane one in the room. Like if you asked me right now, who who would you rather have running Twitter right now? Elon Musk or Mark Zuckerberg? Oh, hands down Zuckerberg. Cuz he's competent and he's not insane. <laughs> I would much rather have Mark Zuckerberg run Twitter right now than Elon Musk. I I know this is just crazy. Like it's so crazy that we're here now <laughs> when only it seems like mere months ago like uh you know twitter was actually doing a lot of cool things around its product and mark zuckerberg was the villain like <laughs> so much has changed now so so that's part of this right like i'm sure facebook sees this huge huge vulnerable moment for twitter one of their top competitors and they're like we should get into this. We should build a Twitter competitor right now. Right now. We need the anti-Twitter. We need the anti-Twitter right now. We need to get on this immediately. We, we, need to, we need to kick Twitter when it's down and put it out of its misery. Okay? So, that, so that's one part of this. And the other part is they must see that long-term, like long-term, not today. I'm not saying it's today. But they must see that long-term open protocols for social networking is a threat, right? Because they've seen what's going on with Twitter. They've seen that, you know, as soon as something happens where Twitter is deeply unpopular, people don't like 
being on Twitter. They don't like being associated with the brand of Twitter. Tw- Twitter has become tainted. And so they're, they're turning to these solutions built around open protocols as an alternative. And I'm sure Facebook is thinking, someday that could be us. For some reason, someday, we're going to be vulnerable. We're going to be <laughs> the company that is so tainted. I mean, and you know, that's kind of happened before already. But, you know, the number of people that did the whole hashtag delete Facebook thing, it, it still ended up being a drop in the bucket. You know, Facebook has never really suffered, like suffered because people can't stand their guts. Um, and, and to some degree, they've been able to, you know, they've been able to keep tweaking Instagram and have other products like WhatsApp. And, you know, they've been able to maintain their their empire you know, with with minor setbacks, really, but they must be feeling a, a bit of uh, a bit of a, a wake up call here. That like, oh, <laughs> at some point in the future, open protocols and decentralized social networking could be so compelling, and we could go through some major set of issues such that like a lot of people just realize they're going to leave on mass and go do this this open protocol thing. We 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 see a future a future vulnerability here. Activity Pub, while not a threat today, could become a threat. Activity Pub could really pose a threat to our business and to our leadership. So what do we do? Embrace and extend, folks. <laughs> the number one favorite thing of large corporations everywhere. Whenever they see a threat from an open protocol, an open standard, an open you know, platform, whatever, is they say, oh, guess what? We're the cool kids, too. We support these open standards. We support these open protocols. Open source. We're open, 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 open. We're open. Facebook, Instagram, Meta, whatever. We are open for business. If you like these open protocols, come come work on these open protocols for us, <laughs> Right? Microsoft has done this. Uh, Oracle has done this. So many companies have done this. Like, like it's not even a mystery at this point why companies would do this. The PR you get is incredible. Like, think of it. The PR win for Facebook to say, or, well, you know, Meta. Let's just talk about the parent company here because this might be a whole new product. But anyway, think, think of the PR win for Meta to say, Meta is building an open, decentralized set of social networks that all speak ActivityPub, so it interoperates with all of these things, and developers can work on applications that will just automatically interface with our new networks, because our networks can speak ActivityPub, and we also have these extra APIs that can do blah, 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 that's, uh, you know provides features that ActivityPub doesn't yet support, and we'll try to upstream things to the standard as we develop stuff and blah, blah, blah. Like, you may be thinking to yourself at first, like, Meta would never do that. That's crazy. It's like suicidal. Why why would they support all this open stuff? Yeah, why would Microsoft support all this open stuff when they have Windows? Proprietary Windows, Windows everywhere, 
Windows is dominant. Windows has won. Windows is won. Why would Microsoft ever support open source software at all? Why would they ever promote open standards and open protocols? Why would... Oh. Because you can build some really great businesses that make a shit ton of money on top of open protocols and open formats and open platforms. See, that's the thing. Like, you can actually build great businesses on top of open stuff. And corporations have discovered that over the last number of years slash decades, right? Like, open source, in many ways, has won. Open standards, open protocols have won. Like, the web itself, amazing success. Amazing success. Facebook.com is itself built on top of open standards and protocols, lest we forget. Right? (laughs) So, you know, they're not stupid over there. I've never said anyone who works at Meta, anyone who builds Facebook or Instagram or any of those products, I've never said any of them are stupid. They're really smart. They're smart people over there. They might be, in many ways, unethical people in charge at least. They may be unethical people, but they're not stupid. So they see the writing on the wall. They see a future where social networking, just like, you know, logging onto the internet and interacting with things in general, they see it trending towards open, trending towards open formats, open protocols, open standards. They see that trend And they want to win there, just like they've won already elsewhere. They want to win at decentralized social networking, just like they won at web portal. Right? (laughs) Because in many places around the world, like logging onto the web is going to Facebook. Like Facebook is the web. They didn't do that by not being on the web. They did it by being on the web. We may not like this, but this is what has happened. (laughs) Facebook won by being on the web. So Facebook now wants to win, or Meta. I keep keep intertwining the two, but Meta now wants to win by, quote, being on ActivityPub. So what's the takeaway here? That this is all awesome and great? (laughs) Or should we be scared? Should we be very scared? Like, oh, Meta is looking at ActivityPub now. Meta is looking at creating instances in the Fediverse or something like that and having their own client apps and all that. Like, oh, I think the jury is still out. I'm not going to say it's great. I'm not going to say it's terrible. I'm going to say it's fascinating. And I can't wait to see what happens next. All right, folks, thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Fresh Fusion. As always, you can go to jaredwhite.com to uh, hear about uh, previous episodes of the show and to read blog posts and other content there and to subscribe to my email newsletter, Creator Class. Thanks once again for listening. And until next time, bye-bye.